Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. As a white guy, I'm privileged in never having experienced the countless hardships that members of protected groups are still subjected to in 2020. And while I can listen to the experiences of others and attempt to understand what a day in their shoes may be like, the reality is that my privilege stops me from ever truly knowing the entirety of their reality. So, it's a sign of strong storytelling when a creative team can make real-world fears palpable for a general audience. It's unrealistic to think that an audience could ever truly understand the prejudices that protected groups experience from watching a movie, and yet... Spiral translates that experience in a way that is nonetheless disturbingly heartbreaking through commentary and psychological scares. Directed by Curtis David Harder and written by Colin Minahan and John Poliquin, Spiral is a story about a fresh start. Aaron and his partner Malik move to a small town with Aaron's teenage daughter, Kayla, to begin a new life together. But as we learn, being an openly gay interracial couple in the 90s puts them at odds with their new community. A neighbor stops by to introduce herself and mistakes Malik, an African-American, for the gardener. Malik takes out the garbage and sees a man standing in the street sneering at him. While Aaron discounts these incidents as he tries to see the good in people, Malik knows the actual danger of hate. He knows that hate doesn't always begin violently. Hostile glances as he jogs through town, homophobic comments made by Kayla's friend, and daftly racist comments from ignorant neighbors reaffirm his wary nature. Though in these instances of prejudice and hate begin to escalate, it conjures up Malik's past trauma causing him to question everything. Writers Minahan and Poliquin frame Spiral as a horror allegory for the hate that gay men face in America. They explore this through the relationship dynamic of Aaron and Malik and the world around them. Through snippets of flashbacks, we learn that Malik witnessed a brutal hate crime in his youth, which gives him a perspective on the gay experience that Aaron doesn't have. Aaron also has only recently come out, having left his wife to be with Malik. Malik has been open far longer and doesn't have the honeymoon phase mentality that Aaron does. Malik knows what people are truly capable of. And we see how prejudice, hate, and unresolved trauma can shape one's perception of society, making for a disturbing cautionary tale. Using the framework of a horror film to explore these underlying real-world issues is a strength of spirals. Much like films such as Get Out or Night of the Living Dead, The film uses an easily approachable horror framework to serve as a vessel for its commentary. In the case of Spiral, its purpose is to begin to articulate to those outside of the LGBTQ community the literal horrors that community members face both inside and out of the film, as recently as the film's 90s setting, but even today in 2020. The cult horror framework of the film at first feels about as cliched and stock standard as it could be. You may even find yourself asking whether or not there's anything at all that remarkable about Shudder's latest film. But just know that the film is meticulously constructed in a manner that begins familiar and grows and grows to something more powerful. We see as Malik's distrust and paranoia of his neighbors begins to escalate when he observes increasingly secretive and strange behavior on their part. He observes a neighbor's nightly gathering where members dance in a trance-like manner, only to quickly close the blinds when they see an outsider's wandering gaze. These increasingly strange instances lead Malik down a rabbit hole of uncovering a hateful conspiracy, and the more he uncovers, the danger his family is in grows exponentially. Or does it? Spiral's first half is mostly a handful of genre-standard jump scares. A figure stands outside their home at night, branches are banging against a window mimicking an intruder, 
The film's reliance on safe scares allows the characters and their predicament to be explored without much distraction, at the cost of feeling overly familiar. This does take its toll on the viewer's perception of what Spiral entails, given the somewhat underwhelming early scares. While I appreciated the character development and dynamic of these perceived outsiders attempting to begin a new life, the scares are quite lacking early on. Fortunately, this can be overlooked as Spiral is intricately building to a sinisterly rewarding second half that ramps up the scares considerably. By shifting the focus to the lingering effects of unresolved PTSD, it applies a much-needed psychological angle to its narrative. As Malik uncovers more clues pointed to a nefarious cult residing in the area, his reliability as a narrator begins to be called into question. This unreliability serves a dual purpose. It amplifies the scares in a new direction that makes the back half of the film more frightening. And while this doesn't wholly replace jump scares, a lack of successful ones early on allows these to be more effective given their new supernatural slant. As his perception of reality becomes more skewed, it becomes more difficult to anticipate the types of scares the film will present, supernatural or otherwise. One particularly memorable scene, Malik notices something on his ceiling of his garage, and as he lowers the door blocking it, it reveals a massive and sinister spiral-shaped graffiti design on the roof. Clearly an indication that his family is being targeted, but his unreliability made me question even this simplest of scares. Perhaps the graffiti isn't even there, though. Is he imagining it? Or perhaps even Malik himself put it there and does not remember doing so. Perhaps his deteriorating mental state has resulted in him crafting his own fiction to give credence to his paranoia. The film's ability to make me begin to doubt every potential clue applied a new layer of fear that is relatable to everyone, the predicament of not being able to trust one's own mind. We see Malik's grasp on reality begin to falter as his recollection of events is shaky at best, and he begins to be haunted by hallucinations that speaks to his further crumbling mental state. This lack of reliability helps bolster Spiral's scares, but it also aids in its underlying thematics. While it provides a new narrative avenue, this unreliability could also serve to represent the plight of LGBTQ members who feel invisible within society. This intersectionality of supernatural and real-world fear is a poignant blend of social commentary and terror. The second half of the film primarily makes up for the fairly linear narrative dominating the film's beginning. As the scares become fueled by Malik's potentially deteriorating sanity, it allows director Curtis David Harder to set the stage for more unsettling shots and genuinely surprising moments. All of this is sold by Jeffrey Bauer Chapman's performance as Malik, a man whose world and relationships are crumbling around him. Bauer Chapman brings an energy and passion to his performance that can make his character's pain and confusion palpable for the audience. There's no better example of this than when the film tackles the antiquated notion that things are getting better for everyone. In a pivotal, emotionally charged scene, Malik says to Kayla, people don't change their feelings of hate, they just get better at hiding it. He recants his earlier notion in the film that being loud and proud is the best thing in the world. It's one of the more shocking and disturbing moments of the film, as Malik, whose exterior is one of absolution in his pride, reveals how he actually feels. It's as if Malik is forced to shed the attitude that those around expect him to have. The mentality that society places on men such as Malik saying things such as, how can you feel repressed when things are so much better now, when the idea of so much better is relative to protective groups amongst greater society. In the place of these shed expectations is his freeing admission that the world remains a dangerous place, filled with people who hate him and those like him for simply trying to live their life as who they are. And for all spirals cultish, 
psychological, and demonic imagery, hate reigns as the most prevailing real-world horror of them all. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.